I want to just uh, chat a little bit about three amazing couples, just give you a little glimpse into what they're doing with their lives, and uh, then we'll go on and see where we go with that. Uh, the first couple, they're coming up on the, on the screen there, uh, were with us when we were last, last year, uh, our daughter Emily and her husband Nick and their wee boy, and they are in Ethiopia. Can I, can I have it up there, please? Um, so I don't have to turn around all the time to know where we're going. Ah, you're amazing. And uh, they, are, they are taking the hope and the blessing of God to a people group who really have no hope, no future, no, no uh, nothing of God in their lives, just living in real darkness and rejection. A people group that, that have the tradition or the legend that their ancestors were with Moses and the children of Israel when they wanted to track out of Egypt and go towards the promised land. And uh, Moses and company said, no, you can't go with us. They were rejected by God at that time. And so they uh, made their way up the Nile until they came to Lake Tana and made their home around Lake Tana, which is the source of the Nile. And that's where they live now. And so they believed that they were rejected by God, rejected by man. And they've been living out that sense of hopelessness, of rejection for thousands of years. So what, is, what does that do deep in your soul? Um, they, to take the love of God into a people like that is no easy task. You don't just go in with a program and say, here we are, we've got our band, we've got our message, sit down and listen to us. They're deeply suspicious, deeply uh, resistant and close to the gospel. And yet they go in there. Next slide. Um, and uh, that's just a little picture of the lake and uh, Nick and Emily going in amongst them. And then the next slide shows them doing their their fellowship of the macchiato, um, just sitting with people, having coffee and building relationships and uh, then praying that God would give them ways into that community, just getting amongst them, sitting amongst them, learning their language, um, which is no small task. And then the next slide, um, just finding couples that they can really work with and track into that community. And then on to the next couple, on to the next couple, we're going somewhere with all of this. Um, another amazing couple who are working in in Mozambique, in the work that we have there. And uh, the next slide sort of captures something of, of the way they do life, just the sitting in the sand, relating to people there, building relationships with the people who are uh, profoundly sexualized, just, just deeply, deeply corrupted in the way that they do life. Um, girls, when they reach puberty, uh, go through a ceremony, after which they are open game to anybody. If they walk their street, they get propositioned. They're out there to make money using their bodies. So if a family don't have food, they send their daughter to walk the street and come back with some money. That's the way they do life. And uh, just just, uh, just deeply, deeply corrupted. And uh, the gospel has gone in there, and people have begun to discover what family is, what marriage is, what it means to really uh, love a husband and uh, love a wife and care for them. And in the next slide, you'll see some of our girls um, who have stood up and said, where Lucy was just ministering on the, our temples, uh, cleansing the temple, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, our bodies also. And one of the girls standing up saying, I, I, you know, if we heard that message, we'd be dealing with some stuff. But one of them saying, I will not sell my body for money ever again. So that's where they've come from. So it's just, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even think of somebody needing to say that, but that's where they come from. Timmy and Sarah just getting involved and connecting with them. The girl on the other side is a girl that um, has been deeply, deeply abused in, in that area of her life, and uh, our team and these guys just getting involved in them. And the next slide, you'll see Timmy doing his thing, not so much with the girls, but with the guys, 
football, um, building relationships, caring with them, and then getting in. It was because of them really being in the sand, on the ground, connecting with people that we were able to tap into some of the thing, the undercurrents of the culture and really speak the gospel into those situations. Um, then we're heading across the sea and we're going to Myanmar where we have uh, a Japanese family. Obviously, I'm not, there's no ongoing relationship with Life Church, but they're part of our lives and just part of the story that I want to share. Again, a people group with no hope, no future, a people that uh, are bound in the darkness of reincarnation and, and the, the, the rubbish that is dished up to them from the temple. And some people say, these people have got their own religion. Why, why do you go and mess with them? Hey, they are living in total darkness. They need the light and life of Jesus Christ, the hope and the future that only he can bring them. And so they've gone, and again, in the next line, just, just getting amongst the people, building relationships in the dirt, learning their language, no small task getting to the place where these people are deeply suspicious, deeply cut off from other communities, begin to open their hearts and receive Jesus. And I want to tell you um, just a little bit, well, the next slide is one that we showed this morning, but the ladies, just, uh, just broken, bound, dark people, and yet the light of Christ beginning to shine into them and transform them. But these three guys, I particularly want to give you their story because I think it's um, special. Um, Timmy, on, on this side, Timmy uh, came from a family in the UK, which was not really a family, no dad. Um, he, he just grew up in total darkness, violence, fighting, stabbed in the back, stabbed in the face, womanizing, drinking, just deep nightmares, left home at 16, and uh, just, just living a, a, a hopeless life, didn't have any contact with his mum for many years. Um, he eventually went to the U.S. and was working with a guy whose parents were believers and showed him love for the first time in his life. And uh, he, Jesus spoke to him in a dream one night. And uh, he, in the dream, he was in a party, and Jesus was saying to you, I've got more for you than this. Get out of here. And, uh, and a few days later, he was in that party. He realized, this is what I saw in the dream. And he just, <clears throat> I, I need to do it. He got up, he went out, and uh, and began to really reach out to God. And God spoke to him to seek first his kingdom. God began to transform his life and set him free. He was baptized and began a journey that take, took him to Australia to Bible school and, and then to uh, become a message, a guy who had no hope and no future, to become a, a bearer of hope and future for other people living in darkness. Um, Nick in the middle um, grew up in, in uh, Christchurch in this city. His father abandoned the family when he was a young boy and he was the eldest son he, he felt like he had to kind of be the man in the house, but he didn't know how to do that. He didn't have any, any, any way of doing that and grew up with this sense of, uh, of insecurity, of course, of looking for affirmation from a man, of, of, of just trying to find his way in life without, without any real um, light and way to do that. At university, some friends befriended him shared with him about Jesus, and he opened his life to the Lord. And at a, at a downtime in his life, he was asking God what to do with his life, and he had a vision of, of Africa with lights all over it, and God spoke to him to go. And he went, found his way to Africa. Um, the Lord just blessed him with the money to get there in a very short space of time and, and began to give him a vision for these, these people in Africa, people in Ethiopia that, like he was, were without hope and without a future. The, the, the Japanese guy there, never mind his name, but um, he, he was in junior high school. Uh, he, he was bullied at school. He dropped out of school, um, went along just occasionally. 
to school. And when he, one of those occasions, he went into a, a class, uh, social studies or something, and they were talking about the world population, six billion people, and he thought, me, one of six billion, what, what is life? What is the point of life? And so he just stopped going to school completely. Um, like, like, there's like a million Japanese young guys who lock themselves in their rooms and never go out. Like a million. It's like an epidemic in Japan. He was one of them for several months, just in his room. And uh, um, his mum was a believer and uh, praying for him, I'm sure. And he, he did have the thought, if, if God is real, what would this mean for me? And his mum gave him a Bible and challenged him to read it. And he began reading, and he came to the story of the, the hundred sheep. And Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. And he thought, well, there is my value. You know, the six billion and the one. But out of a hundred, Jesus came for me. And so tentatively, he began to engage with God and ask God um, what he had for his life. And God began to just transform him, began to give him a hope, give him a future, bring him out of the darkness, and, and give him a... He, he asked the pastor that, of the church that his mum was going to, so, so how this, this Bible stuff 2,000 years ago in, in, in Israel, how did it get here? And, and the pastor said, well, one person was transformed by the message of, Je- of Jesus, and he was so excited, he told another person, and that person told another person, and he told another person, and they kept telling it until it found you in your room. And he thought, well, I, I, I need to get on board with that and begin telling others. And so he's taken the gospel to these people in darkness who had no future and no hope. And uh, I, I, just, I just look at these three couples and I say, yeah, this is, this is what we live for, is to serve people like them. The next slide, I think, will uh, ask the questions, what's so special about them? There's a, there's a number of things, but for us to be able to walk with them and see the quality of their lives um, is, is very exciting. So I'm putting the question out there. I'm going to ask Julia to come and say what she thinks. And Lucy, does it, maybe some of you have got your ideas. What, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Come and, come and help me talk about this thing. Are we okay? Lucy, my wife, and uh, we have some mics. We're going to sit there, are we? Okay. I'll sit with my wife. Is that all right? No, you come over here, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy wants to sit with me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Cool. Hey, so this is our, um, our panel time where we can, we're just going to kind of have a little bit of a discussion around this. And what you can do is, um, yeah, sorry, they're a bit like, they're quite squishy, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to lose Lucy down the couch. <laughs> um, you can text in your questions and um, we can have a bit of a conversation. So if there's some stuff that was sparked from you um, around this and, and yeah. Feel free to text me and we'll ask them. Um, yeah, so, so what, what, what so is... What, what, oh, what I, would you think? First. No, I'm oh, going to cool, ask you. Okay, cool, you put I'm me on the back like, foot get, now. Get, get, get in before you ask me. So what would, just hearing that, what would be something you'd say? I think their, their willingness to, to go is incredible. And um, I haven't... Um, uh, met um, Timmy and Sarah yet had lots of contact with them uh, within because we're partnered with them as a church that are on the ground in the, with Mozambique working with the team and stuff over there and uh, their heart but having spent time with Nick and Emily and going they they've got a they've got Tobias they've got this little boy they had a successful business they had a home they had good jobs and they've they've given they've given all of that to go and you know, it's not flash where they are. It's, it's challenging, and, and incredibly challenging. And 
I just think, man, their willing, their, their deep conviction and their willingness to go, yeah, we're willing to give up a lot of our comforts here to go is, is, is something that's quite amazing and really remarkable. Um, so I think that's something that's really special about them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's in- interesting that you say that. I mean, people here say that, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't even, they wouldn't say that. We wouldn't yeah. say that. You know, people yeah. introduce us the great sacrifice that we've made, and we think, yeah. what sacrifice? We wouldn't exchange our lives for yeah. your lives. <laughs> 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 we wouldn't exchange our house yeah. for your house, or, yeah. or, you know, I mean, they wouldn't either. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's, not, it's not the value system that we mm. live by, yeah. and it's not the value system they live by. And uh, so, yeah, what sacrifice? Like some great guy said, mm. he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose, mm. you know, um, to give up all, all the all the tinsel and trash mm. to gain eternal life and, and mm. fruit for eternity. It's not, it's not a not a difficult yeah. decision. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. that's just our perverse yeah. interpretation of these things. Oh, I think it's um, I think it's good. It's a challenge we all need, don't we? Uh, um, sorry, I guess sorry to be bloody, but you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> I guess too as well. You guys have seen. Um, you guys have spent many years investing into many young people and young couples and all those, and, and not all of them have have made it, you know, to That's this true. stage. You know, what what was it about these guys that that really was kind of that point of difference where they went from someone who was, you know, felt passionate about it, felt a sense of call, felt a, um, you know, a going, you know, this is something that I would like to do, but have never. You know, made it to that space. Yeah, what is it that you guys have seen has been kind of that point of that point of difference with for these guys as opposed to the others that you've spent time with? Lucy. Lucy. Um, I think just uh, making um, choices. Um, say for Emily, she was very clear that uh, she would not compromise her call. And that if she had to remain single, she would remain single, but she would go regardless. And uh, for Sarah, likewise, you know, when she met Timmy, that was the first thing she told him about her call to Africa. And uh, she was willing to give up on the relationship. So I think there was a clear and no compromise uh, attitude that they had. Mm. That they have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that too. Just, uh, just what I like, steal in their in their songs. I mean, they've had just so much stuff against them, so, just unbelievable hostility and attempts to stop them from going, and yet they've ho- held their course. That's one thing. Another thing is, not everybody's called to do it, and uh, some people think oh, that'd be great. And in the purity of their hearts, and they go on some trips and they test it out, and they end up not going, and that's. That's not all wrong, you know. There's some people that you know. You, we we were the, a couple that we are heroes for us, and uh, they went through Bible school a lot of years ago, and were ready to go anywhere in the world. And the Lord said, "Go teach." And uh, they've been. Many of you would know them because they've taught and they've sown into the lives of thousands of young people in the city. Well, that's not an inferior calling, you know. I mean, there's so there's there's all stuff. So some people didn't go because they were never meant to go, yeah. and uh, some people were maybe hindered, mm. and even in that, God works, you know, the second choice is, ends up not being second choice, and you see God do awesome things, and you think, well, I don't know how it happened, but, but God was in it, so, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so there's a question that's come through. Um, do you have to have a testimony of brokenness to achieve something great uh, for God? I love that um, question. It seems that a lot of successful ministers do, or missionaries, or, yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I, absolutely not. Um, I, I haven't. And uh, the, the, if you look at those couples, one of them has and one of them hasn't. Mm. You know, the... the um, Emily came from a somewhat dysfunctional family, <laughs> but not, not too bad. Um, you, some of you will know Sarah's parents, seriously dysfunctional, but, but just cancel the, just sh- shut the tape down there. Um, but but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. And um, someone was kind of putting that to me last night, I think, and, and I, I resisted. I, I think God works something in our hearts, and I would say through worship. When we get, go on our faces before God, He breaks our hearts in worship. He gives us compassion. Some people say, unless you've gone through that stuff, you can't have compassion. And I say, no, I, I haven't gone through it, but I have deep, deep, deep soul-breaking compassion because of being in the presence of the Lord. And, and, uh, and we, don't have to, we don't have to go through it. Mm-hmm. Jesus went through it. Jesus went through it, and He lives in us. Amen? What do you think, Lucy? Well, I think he uses you regardless of your family situation, regardless of who you, he just uses you as you are, and he's able to use our background, even if it's you know bad or good or whatever, as long as we are willing to serve him and we give our all for him, he just uses us. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and we're all different. We all have different personalities, different backgrounds, and he, he just um, gets the glo- glory when we give it all to him. Um, so there's a couple of questions that have come in around Japan and just people are a bit curious around that. Um, one around of them being uh, curious around Japan. Um, and go, what, are, what are you most excited for the gospel? Um, what, what, are you, what situations in Japan are you most excited for the gospels to dig into and change? Like, so what are you most believing for? And another one is um, what, how those, those million um, you know, Japanese guys that are locked in the room that, that you spoke this morning about, you know, lonely lonely people, can, uh, how, how, is that, how are those things kind of partnering? How are you seeing God break through a minister in that? I'll have a go, then you have a go. Um, thank you for asking the question, because we didn't yeah. talk a lot about Japan, but that's really yeah. what's yeah. burning in our hearts mostly, and we're seeing a shift. Um, the, the, the greatest point of fruitfulness? Or, mm-hmm. or yeah, what are you believing for? Ah, just, just the, like we did share this morning, the point, the connecting, caring for people, they're not looking for truth, but they're so broken, so isolated. There's so much loneliness in Japan. It's just a just a desert, and uh, and uh, because of that, they're not easy to connect with. But mm. but like uh, we talk about a person's oikos, the kind of circle of people that they are involved in, and the normal thing in a Western society, you'd have about twenty, thirty people. I reckon Japanese would have about an average of five. Um, they just have very few meaningful relationships. So to track into that is a journey. But God is giving us such a grace and anointing to do that. And our church is so alive with connecting, with loving, with, with uh, just, just touching people with the grace and love of God. Like, it's so countercultural and it's so awesome. Um, and we just stand amazed at, at how people are being connected in through that and, and discovering that hope in the future. You know, so we, we feel we're on the verge of something just amazing. But... Yeah, tell you more next year. I hope, yeah. I hope next year we say, 
it's got better and better rather than oh, I don't know what happened about that. But anyway, well, I think that's encouraging because last time you were here, there was there were some real challenges around that and yeah, just yeah. breaking into people's lives and then mm-hmm. seeing you know like a year down the track, going churches growing, you're needing a new building because it's you, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what do you think, Lucy? Yeah, well, the transformation of families is what excites yeah. me and uh, the um, um, the generations working together yeah, to yeah, turning yeah. The, the Lord turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fa- fathers and um, we pray a lot for children and young people and we are seeing them come and seeing them um, connect with God but also connect with the, old, the older generation. It's just a real joy to see that. Yeah. Mm. Any young people wanting to do a gap year in Japan or a uh, working holiday, um, there's, there's possibility to go and just experiment and just to just to hang with people the fellowship of the mat that we're talking about don't come thinking you're going to preach and do big stuff but big stuff is connecting with people just just getting involved in their lives and there's just an open door for that so talk to julia if you want to do a year in japan Absolutely. Um, so we'll just really quickly, because we're running out yeah. of time, but uh, as a church, we're partnering more with Nick and Emily and, and, yeah. and reaching the late Tana people. Um, so initially, I know when I was sort of first reached, they're very like, yeah, we're going to reach that. Just Nick and Emily, they're very chilled out. Um, and I, I, I personally thought that it was because they, the late Tana were quite remote. And then I started like researching and looking into it. And there is a lot of significant factors actually in what they're doing and some challenges. I just wonder, could you give us some just a few insights into actually what are some of the challenges that are before them and that it's what it's going to take in order to reach the Lake Tana people and what have they seen that has been sort of different that God has graced them for at the moment? Mm. Um, the, as I shared, that, that brokenness, that resistance to outsiders that you see in oppressed communities and marginalised communities that the, 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 the attitude of people outside is influenced by their... Reje- you know how rejection breeds rejection? You know, people that are full of hurts, you, they get hurt more because, yeah, and that's a, a people group like that. And a lot of people have done projects for them. Um, they met somebody who was teaching in schools where their kids go and said they're just so, so difficult to help, so difficult to connect with the kids. And, uh, and uh, so to build redemptive relationships in that sort of area is going to take some some time, a lot of, a lot of macchiato. Um, and... Uh, Emily's a doctor and will be working in the ho- in a excellent hospital in the area. So I think that will may give them a, a doorway in um, where they're not perceived as coming in. Number one as evangelists, number two as as do-gooders to kind of convert these people. But just just become friends. Nick is going to do his fitness training stuff and kind of a outdoor gym and I mean just see how God builds. But to see those doors open. How, how, how? Who knows? You know, for us in Mozambique, it was through getting washed into an island in a storm. I mean, you can't plan that sort of thing. Um, and uh, that was the open door. So what will be their open door? We, we don't know, but it, it is a real thing for prayer. They, they want to start there and then be from there reaching other people groups. So, yeah. I think they, just the two of them, it's not enough. They need mm. a team and a, um, the People that they are looking to, working with them are the students at the university. And um, there are so many students who are on fire for God, and, but they are not aware of the needs of the unreached, just the unreached people on their doorstep. They're not aware. So Emily and Nick hope to mobilize them. And because these young people need a massive change of heart because their ambition is to get a good degree um, and 
go over to the States so they can, you know, go to, to the States, go to Europe where they can have the good life. And uh, one of them actually was very tearful when he met up with uh, Nick and Emily when they came this last time and said that, you know, you have sacrificed a lot to come to us and to reach these pe people. And what are we doing? We've got to get our act together. So he was really challenged by that. And they've seen quite significant favour when they've gone back, haven't they? Oh, people remembering just Tobias and just the way that he's connected with people yes. is, has, has really been quite remarkable. They are just coming out of the end of language school and the relationships mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they've seen and been able to build is, is really encouraging and amazing, isn't it? So yeah, which, which comes back to you know, what I say, what is special about these all three couples. They're just their ability to you know, get in and, and do the stuff on, on the ground, you know, there's no hype. Hype doesn't work in that situation, and uh, and um, it's it's just caring for people and and um, just just each of them doing that in their different situations, just humbly incarnating the love of Jesus. It's just yeah, um, amongst people that have got no hope, got no no future, no no faint smell of Jesus, and yet to go out and. Uh, reach them as, as, yeah, that's the challenge for us and, and other places. And, yep. That's amazing, cool. So one of the other questions that came in is what we can pray for, and I hope that there's a few things to take away from there. Um, but I know, Lucy, that you've, you've really got something on your heart that you mm. would like to, mm. to share with us tonight as, yes. as we go into a time of prayer. So. Yeah, I stand up for this yeah. one. Yeah, it's hard stand to up. say that go sitting down. <laughs> Ten yeah. come no, back. I think I'm really, I don't know about you, but I'm really, really encouraged um, by the testimonies of these three guys, when you hear about Nick, when you hear about um, Timmy, and when you hear about Komori-san, it's, it's like, it gives me hope that, how do I put it? it? It gives me hope for the young people that we are praying for and ministering to in Japan, that their present circumstances, the present situation they are in is not their future that God has got better things for, for them. And it's by the grace of God. It's the, it's the uh, hand of God upon their lives. And this is one scripture that will probably come up on the screen. And I just want to read that in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 13, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I just believe that that is the word of the Lord for some of us here today, that some of us can identify with those three sto stories. Maybe some of us are, you know, like um, um, are looking for the love of the Father. We've grown up not knowing the love of the Father, and we're looking for security, and we're looking for, for love. And maybe we are looking in the wrong places, like Timmy, you know, looking for it in women, in drinks, and in in fights and all that kind of thing or maybe like the Japanese guy we have been bullied and, and we have lost confidence in ourselves we, we feel like we cannot cope with life and we've retreated maybe you, you haven't retreated into your room but you have withdrawn from, from life and I just believe that the word of the Lord to you tonight is that I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you and I want to give you a hope and a, and a few future that as you um, take these words to heart they're not just nice words in the, in the Bible but these are words of life from your loving heavenly father and he says to you I see the situation you are in because these words are the words of God to the people of 
Israel who were taken from away from their homeland, who've lost their homes and they've been taken and into captivity in a in a in a foreign country and in the depths of their despair, the word of the Lord comes to them and say, I have, I know the plans I have for you. I have a hope and a future for for you. And as you um, receive those words into your heart, may hope rise up in your heart and may you begin to to want to pursue after God. And he says, Call call on me, pray to me, I will listen to you and seek me and I will be found by you. So I just want to pray for you tonight. I just want to pray uh, for you tonight. If you are a young person and you are in that kind of situation, I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to give you hope to rise up and for the drawing of the Holy Spirit to God that you begin to seek after Him, begin to pray to Him with the faith that He will listen to, to, to you and that He will, as He said to Timmy, I've got better things for you than this, that He will begin to show you the plan that He has for your future. And then one last thing, I just love that row of golden card people there, you know, because you have invested in the next generation and there are some of us, my generation, who have cried out to God for our children, for our grandchildren, Maybe we haven't seen the answers to our prayers yet. Maybe we haven't seen the change in their lives yet. But God says, I've got a hope and a future for your children and for your uh, grandchildren. So let's not give up hope. Let's keep on praying for them and blessing them and believing God to break through into their lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. Lord Jesus, that you came, Lord. Lord, not to condemn us, but you came to save us, Father. Lord, I I just pray right now, Lord, tonight, Father, as we've heard, Lord, the testimonies of three guys, Father, Lord, that grew up, Lord, Lord, in um, in in a godless environment and were far away from you, but you came to them and you saved them. You gave them a hope and a future, and now they're in in a situation where they're wanting, where they're giving hope and a future to many who are lost. And Lord, I just pray right across this room, if there are people who can identify with them who are in situations where they feel hopeless. I just pray right now, your Holy Spirit, that you would impart hope to them, that hope will begin to rise up, Lord Jesus, that out of the depths of despair, Father, that people will rise up and begin to make the first step towards you, begin to pray to you, begin to call upon your name, and you've promised that you will listen, Lord Jesus. Just pray for that spirit of revelation and the drawing of your spirit. Spirit, Father, upon young people, especially today, Father, tonight, Lord Jesus, that you will draw them to the foot of the cross and you will reveal to them the hope and the future that you have for them. And we just bless, Lord, the the the, yeah, the father and mothers in this house, Father, the grandparents in this house, Father, Lord, that their prayers have not gone unanswered, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray, Father, Lord, that in your time, they will see, Lord, the breakthrough that they've been crying out to you for. We just ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.